Welcome to the Keep Calm and Pea Glitter podcast. First, make sure you click the subscribe button so you never, ever, ever, ever miss an episode. Hi, I'm Nerissa, aka The Calm Coach, a business, sales and empowerment coach and an ambassador for those living with chronic illness. And I'm Nikki, an intuitive, spiritual and business coach for woo-loving women who want to change the world from pea glitter everywhere. This is a heart-led, far from perfect, honest and funny, real-life reflection on life and business. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and follow us on Insta. Keep calm, be glitter. Welcome to episode six of Keep Calm and Pea Glitter. And it's actually called, if you're tired and you know it, clap your hands. Brilliant. This, this, if you can't tell, this is take two of this intro. <laughs> because Nikki quite innocently said, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. And I was like, is it called that? Is it, is it actually called that, Nick? And I was like... Oh no, it's not. And that's how fucking tired I am. And that's why we've decided to call today's episode If You're Tired and You Know It, Clap Your Hands, because we're both absolutely fucking shattered. And we were going to come on and talk about something else, but we were like, Do you know what? We need to talk about how how to hold yourself through when you're absolutely fucking shattered, but you know you've got stuff to do and how not to let your inner bitch creep in on you when that happens because you can push and push and go into like anxiety mode and then she steps in and everything goes to shit and you start shaming yourself and it's a big spiral isn't it Norris it is it is and of course if you push on through I mean I've been uh the victim I didn't want to say victim I was trying to think of a better word but I have experienced pushing through at any cost and burning myself out and now I've got colitis and have to live with that for the rest of my life so um it's, does, that uh, piss you off? does it piss me off no part of me no it did piss me off it did it really got to me at first it took me a long long time to accept that I've got this and uh I was gonna have to deal with it and what what didn't help that it was good in a way but I had nine years of remission from it until 2020 um so I kind of thought it had gone away and I just used to crack on like I always had. Um, I was always aware, you know, uh, that, that it had been there. But like many of us do, you, you tend to put the really bad things in the back of your mind, don't you, and forget about it. So, and that's exactly what I did with it. I didn't that accept it. Say that again. That, that must, you know, that works sometimes though, doesn't it? Like out of sight, out of mind, especially... You know, if you sometimes if you focus on something, it makes it bigger. Whereas if you're not thinking about it, it just sort of goes dormant. And I'm not talking about like ignoring your problems. I'm talking about when it's not an issue, it doesn't need thinking about. Yeah. Like it wasn't affecting you. So you've just gone, oh, I'm carrying on. Yeah. But I did, I did get to a point where I started to think, oh, you know, clearly that was a blip in my life and that maybe I did push myself too hard. Um, and, and it's just kind of gone away. And I actually did two years meds free completely. Um, and I probably would have been okay. But um, unfortunately, my immune system has still got a fault in it. So any little thing that happens, and this time it wasn't actually overdoing it. It was a tooth infection in COVID. Yeah. And they couldn't go to the dentist because they were all closed. So they just threw antibiotics at me when I actually needed my tooth pulling out. And um, I couldn't obviously have any of that done. And after a couple of months of my tooth flaring up and another one that I didn't realise, so I actually had two 
my immune system just uh, got hold of me and uh, started attacking my gut again. And that was when it all flared back up again. So so I think sometimes you can kind of like sit back and go, oh, I'm actually all right. But actually, no, still there. So and, and that's that was a part of my journey and it's part of accepting it. So, no, it doesn't piss me off that I've got it because, you know what, it's it's part of me and it's made me who I am. And it allows me now on days like this, and that's the whole point of this conversation, when I'm absolutely shattered, and all I can see is poor Nikki yawning her head off here, who are both <laughs> absolutely shattered for different reasons. We've had very active weekends. And um, it, it just allows me to go, you're tired, Narissa, put yourself first. And it's all right to do that. And it's all right to not do all the things today and to change around your to-do list and work it so that you're sitting down more and not running around like a lunatic. So, yeah. and if there is times that you feel like that and you can move stuff, you know, you don't need to be a hero. And it's all about that. I wasn't, I could never give myself permission to slow down because I felt like if I slowed down, I was shit. And I was, I, how can I explain this? Um, how, how worthy I was as a human being was determined by how much I did in my opinion. So if I was sitting down when I could be doing something, that meant I was, you know, lazy and shit. And, and then I was like, nobody actually gives a shit except me. I mean, they used to when I was with my narcissistic ex, but, um, you know, if you were sitting down, why are you sitting down when there's things that need doing? It? That, that, I think that's where it came from. Um, and I was just a fucking nervous wreck and that just carried on through. And then, and then because I was doing everything, Mikey thought that I was quite happy to do everything and just didn't help. And then all of a sudden I just went pop and he was like, oh shit. And then started to help. And now like I was out all weekend um, working, doing Reiki attunements. And when I came back on Saturday, he'd done all the washing. The dinner was on, you know, the kids were alive. It was all like, but go back a few years ago, it wouldn't have been like that. I mean, they're older now and everything, but um, I could never give myself permission to just go and have a nap. And when I came in on Saturday night, I just curled up like a little kitten. Well, more like an old moggy. And Daisy covered me in a blanket and I had to sleep for an hour. And that's just what I needed to do. Because when you can't function, there's no point. Is that trying to push through? Like, I know after we've recorded this, I'm going for a nap or I'm going to do a 10 minute meditation or something because I actually need to close my eyes. Um, Because although my weekend was absolutely amazing and I attuned five women to Reiki practitioner. um, Oh, my God, it takes so much energy out and there's so much energy in the room and people are releasing. And it's it's like, what what does this mean? And what's that? And is this right? And I'm like, there's no wrong. And so you just come home and you're like, oh, my God. Oh, my fucking God. Like, so grateful, full of love. Like, we all didn't want to go home yesterday. It was just amazing. And we were in this beautiful place called Monk's Cottage Sanctuary in um, Eastham on the Wirral. And it's actually got ley lines underneath the building. And it's um, an old monk's chapel. And in their kitchen, they can actually go underneath the floor. Um, there's a fresh, there's like fresh spring water. There's like a little well sort of thing under the kitchen. And then tunnels that you can follow that go all the way to like this place in Eastern where the monks used to smuggle all the stuff. And I was like, wow, fucking hell. So you go into the space and it feels like just calming and gorgeous. And But anyway, yeah, I, I could never stop. 
that were just used to push through and then wonder why I was burning out all the time, getting sick. And then I'd do it all again. I'd literally burn out, get sick, get better, feel okay because I'd rested because I was ill. So that was the only time I was allowed to rest was when I was ill. So my body was constantly getting ill. I was on antidepressants all the time and antidepressants and everything. It's, it's, it's a spiral. It's a rut, isn't it, that you can get yourself into? And I think um, if you're lucky enough to have the support around you to allow you to rest when you need to rest and understand that you need to rest. But I've had to work towards that as well because I don't think people get it. When you're, when you're working nonstop, you know, when I was in corporate, um, my husband's got his own business as well two kids as well and you just keep going don't you? you just keep keep going the kids go to after school club they go to grandparents whatever else you, you're on it you're a machine you're like a robot and you just keep going keep going keep going and I think during that nine years of remission a few people said to me at the time because I took on some massive projects and and I am I like being busy and I actually function better when I'm busy but I need to get the balance right between being busy and burning out so um but a lot of people said to me, number one, I care too much, which is really hard, isn't it? And yeah. number two, I put a lot of pressure on myself. And I think you do exactly what you were saying, Nick, about um, you put the pressure on yourself because you feel that you're inadequate otherwise. And you're almost trying to prove something to everyone else and yourself at the same time. Um, and as soon as you realise that you don't need to do that, well, life just gets better and better and better doesn't it and and I think you know when I when I had that huge flare-up in 2020 and I I ended up in hospital and I was very 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 poorly at the time um you know I think the universe showed me this is not how you need to continue you don't need to carry on uh working at this pace um and therefore I'm going to give you a redundancy package here you go um and I still look back, I look back at my time working in corporate with really fond memories. And quite often, I'm not going to lie, at least twice a week, I think, wonder what they're up to, oh. wonder what they're doing. Um, and I do miss it. I do really, I really do miss it. Um, but then I think about the pace and I think about the fact my parents are a lot older and mm. can't have the kids um, and health and I just think, God, I'm in such a, so much of a better place because of making some little changes in my life um, and working for myself. You know, it, it just gives you that flexibility, doesn't it? And that permission. So you couldn't, for example, Nick, you're going to go off and have a bit of a meditation. And I'll probably do the same because I'm just absolutely shattered. But you would be able to do that if you were working for a big corporate or, or any job, for, for example, you know, even on a checkout or something like that, you wouldn't be able to listen to yourself. And it's oh. hard. And and I think if you're listening and you are in that situation, you need to find other kind of gaps in your day to fit that sort of stuff in. So give yourself permission when you get home to take that 10 minutes and not to just dive into making the kids sandwiches or making dinner the next day, but just have that 10 minutes. Um, and, and if it's an exercise class or something, then you need to explain really clearly to your loved ones at home that, I need to just have this hour for me. So we need to make it work somehow and to find find the space to do it and stand up for yourself a little bit, I guess is what I'm saying. So I think so. I used to make the excuse that I didn't have time. 
Um, but now I set my alarm earlier and have that whole hour of me time. So this morning, my alarm went off at six. I snoozed till half six. And then I was like, right, I'm going to do a meditation. So put like a 20 minute meditation on. And then I think I went back to sleep for a little bit after I'd woke our Indy up. He's 15 to make sure he's up for school. So I woke him up and was like, I'm just going to go and do my breath work. So I got back into bed and I did my breath work. And then I just lay there for a minute, just listening to the music and just like pondered my thoughts. And I was like, I've just had a good 40 minutes there of just doing stuff for myself at the beginning of the day. And it was only 20 past seven. And it's done. And then wow. if I want to add extra bits in throughout the day, I can't. But, you know, sometimes I need that extra hour sleep and that's. But this morning I was I woke up, I had a hangover, like a proper energy hangover. So I drank a pint of water, did my meditation. My headache started to get a little bit better. And then I did the breath work. And then my headache went for about 10 minutes and then it started to creep back in. But the breath work helped me to get rid of it. But during the day, if you... So 10 minutes of your day is less than 1% of your day. So if you can't give yourself 10 minutes to do something... You need to take your head for a little wobble because you need to be giving yourself at least 1% of your day. <clears throat> so the 10 minutes that you do, like the that I do the meditation, if I'm tired in the afternoon, about two o'clock, I know, I start flagging. Like I need a nana nap. So sometimes I have a nana nap. Um, I'll put a longer meditation on and give myself permission to go to sleep and then I'll set an alarm at the end of it. And then sometimes I'll just know that I want 10 minutes and I'll sit up and I'll do it so that when it's finished, you know, but that those 10 minutes, what they do in the after, if you do it in the afternoon, it gives your brain permission to just quiet down a little bit, but also it helps you to compartmentalize all the stuff that you've learned during the day. If you're on a training course and you're shattered, if you can take yourself off somewhere for 10 minutes and just close your eyes, even just closing your eyes and just doing some big, slow, deep breaths and being with your thoughts just allowing yourself to see you know what's going on in your head and then when you find yourself drifting off with your thoughts bring yourself back to your breath like that is meditation it's just focusing on your breath until you drift off and then you come back um, and I'm going to be teaching how to do this um, in a program that I'm, I'm launching on Thursday called the Woo Accelerator program and I'm fucking dead excited but I have got a free workshop on Thursday um, called This Is Your Sign. And it's all about the facts about the fluff and why these things work. So why taking 10 minutes at lunchtime is important and how it can help you. You know, the statistics of meditating, like how it reduces your stress levels by 25% if you do it for 10 days. 10 minutes for 10 days will reduce your stress levels by a quarter. How fucking insane is that? It's free. It doesn't cost anything. And it's, it's a piece of piss to do it's so easy um but it's these little things isn't it like meditation helps me the most that's my meditation and breath work and going for a walk with me podcast with me like me little headphones and that's they're my like three. Oh, and yoga oh fucking love getting my mat out for 10 minutes and just letting my body guide me so yesterday morning i hadn't done it for about a week because i just felt i wasn't very well last week um i put esther hicks you know one of our little chats yeah. And off YouTube, we put that in, and I just did what I did some sun salutations, and I can't move my arms today. 
<laughs> not used to doing it but it's it's interesting isn't it because if I um <clears throat> a couple of things you said there like if you're on a training course just take yourself off for a minute all I was thinking in my head was would I have been able to do that could I have done that on my training courses when I when I was working I keep nearly saying the company and and I work for a very big soft drinks company so um and it's red so uh yeah it doesn't take a rocket scientist to work that out but would I have been able to do that I'm not sure. I'm not sure is the answer, um, particularly if I was conducting a training course. It is very, very difficult. But what I could have done is on a toilet break, you could have gone to the toilet and just taken another 30 seconds and just do some breathing whilst you're in the toilet. Why not? That is amazing. That's an amazing thing to say. So for anyone that like is trapped in the corporate and needs to take time out, that's the best place to do. It. But what if? you were running the training course and you decided to incorporate 10 minutes of meditation into your training course for everybody. Yeah, I could have done that. I could have done that. And I think if I was going to redo my time again, and let's, let's go right, right back 15 years ago before I had colitis. Now, it wasn't actually during work time that I got colitis. It was on maternity leave. So if you can imagine, let me set the scene a little bit. So me, very career focused. I'd been um, a sales manager for about three to four years. So I was I was just finding my stride with it, to be honest. Um, I was loving it. Um, and then we decided to start a family, which happened very quickly. And uh, before I knew it, I was off on maternity leave with this little baby and I didn't have a clue what I was doing. To be honest, I wasn't a natural kind of materni maternity sort of driven maternal um, is what I meant maternal yeah. person um and suddenly I felt like my world was just falling apart around me and I've got this little baby who kept crying and kept me up literally all night every night and I didn't really know what what to do or how to deal with him so all I could base my actions on was what everyone else was doing I guess around me so I was in a, a baby club that um I'd been put into by um the health visitor type people yeah um and I went along to that on a Friday morning and we sat in a circle and and weighed our babies and all sat there and they all seemed to be doing really well and they were all absolutely fine and that kind of migrated into a coffee morning on a Friday um up at a local village hall and what I really liked about that is they had homemade cake so I'd go in and I'd just be able to have a piece of cake and a cup of tea and um, put the babies on the floor on the play mat and uh, you know we just have a little bit of time but the fact is my eldest kept me up literally all night up until kind of I don't know his first year of his life so after about five months he was about five and a half months old I really wasn't feeling too good and I'd started getting funny symptoms and seeing like a little bit of blood when I went to the toilet and stuff and I was just like oh I'm not sure about that went to the doctor's I remember them saying to me, oh, it's probably like IBD. You know, it's probably that. And I'm like, what the hell's that? No idea what that meant to me at the time. And to say that in a kind of flyaway comment is ridiculous. Because had, had I at that time put some things into place, I could have really pulled my symptoms back, to be honest, and okay. put my immune system back. So inflammatory bowel disease. Oh, wow. So it, it covers colitis and Crohn's IBD. So it's the so we have IBD nurses. Um, yeah. So it's the kind of acronym for, for what we have. 
Um, but what was I saying? Yeah, I just think if I could redo that time again, I would 100% have given myself permission to not try and keep up with the coffee morning lot because they were all getting more sleep. You know, they hadn't necessarily come out of a big corporate job and then suddenly be given a baby. Some of them had got older children. You know, some of them were in different positions to me. And what they were doing that I wasn't doing was accepting that they weren't going to get a full night's sleep and then making up for that in the day. Yeah. Or like the following a routine with their baby that that was working better for them or asking for help and they had support around them. There was other things going on that I didn't see. And all I saw was the comparison of me versus them. And I was competitive. I worked in sales. So it's like, I'm not going to lose this. Come on. Come on, Larissa. Keep going. Just keep going. And I would force myself out the door. Right. Let's go for a walk. Come on. Let's get all the washing done, all the cleaning done. The house was always perfect. you know. And I put all the pressure on myself. Um, and eventually, after five and a half months, um, I wasn't feeling, I was I was not feeling good at all. I had about 30 mouth ulcers, which should have been a sign. What? Yeah, I could hardly eat. I literally could hardly eat because I was so run down. And I was thinking, I'm obviously run down and tired, but you know what? This is what parents do. So I should be able to deal with this. So crack on. Um, and I remember it, it distinctly. We used to play a lot of badminton before having kids and uh we'd been given an opportunity to go and play badminton um and i was all up for it i was like yeah let's do it and then suddenly it's about to walk out the door my stomach just started growling and i was like my god i'm gonna have to run to the toilet and i ran to the toilet and literally it was just like blood and i was like oh "Oh, crap this is not good and ended up in the hospital um in a and e and they they couldn't find a huge amount they uh, did blood tests and all the rest of it. And what I didn't realise at the time, that, that this was relatively minor flare. So my inflammatory markers in my blood weren't really showing anything. So I spent a lot of time going back and forth to the hospital. And I was so scared. And I see this on my forums all the time. I see people put, saying the same thing. I was so scared. I stopped eating because I didn't want to eat. Therefore, because oh it, it would make me worse. So I got weaker and weaker and weaker because I wasn't eating. And then one day the hospital weren't listening and and I went back to the GP and they put me on one of those emergency appointments at the end of the clinic. So I sat there in the waiting room, literally nearly fainting. Um, And I got right to the end of that appointment, got in to see the doctor, staggered in, broke down completely. And she just went, "Okay, yeah, you need to be in hospital. And this time I'm going to tell them to keep you and I'm going to ring ahead. So she rang ahead and I, I got admitted. Um, and two days later, they used a, a camera sigmoidoscopy, which was, you know, only looking at the first part of my intestines. Um, but straight away, he said, I'll be able to tell by looking at it. And he just went, yeah, you've got ulcerative colitis. And I was like, what the hell's that? And then before I knew it, I had a nurse sitting next to me saying, right, this is going to affect you for the rest of your life. Now, pretty sobering, really. If I could rewind that, bloody hell would I rewind that so this is a huge message if you are pushing yourselves to the limit and you're listening to this and you're just pushing on and pushing through it and thinking that you're a machine don't don't listen to my story please 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 put some of these things that we're saying into place and start to put yourself first because you are important and you cannot look after a baby because you you know if you're if you're in that state 
so I couldn't look after him. And I missed at that point, I missed his first food that he had. So I missed Daniel's first food. And then 15 years later, well, not even that, no, 11 years later in 2020, he knew my dog. We knew it had happened, didn't we? fly off because we've got a storm here and it's just I don't know if you can hear it bang and it's just like bang 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 bang. oh you've got the storm now yeah yeah so 11 years later I then miss his first day at senior school because I'm back in hospital again so you know this is something that I do have for the rest of my life that's why no it doesn't piss me off because it is what it is and it's happened and now I'm so so proud to say I've said to you earlier you know I see the same thing coming up time and time again on the groups that I look after so I I'm an admin on Colitis UK which there's about 11,000 members on that group uh, which is phenomenal and everybody gets to share and ask questions and mainly a lot of the posts are people that have been newly diagnosed that are struggling Um, and I see time and time again I hate my body I hate this I just need to sort this out and it's not it's not a magic fix Um, and the sooner that you accept what's going on and the root causes around it the sooner you can start to put some things into place and obviously meds is the one so um, the great news what is it now 2024 yeah so Mm -hmm. what over three years since I had my last flare um they put me on a rescue therapy so i came very close to surgery that time um so they put me on a drug called infliximab which was um something i had iv every six weeks and that lasted me for about two years and then unfortunately last year i started to flare up again um and they put me on a new wonder drug uh called upper can you say that no <laughs> no <laughs> So it's a new wonder drug that's come over from the States and it and it's a tablet. So you take a tablet every day and it just suppresses your immune system and stops it attacking your body. Um, and it's had some fantastic reports and it's taken, well, it was, it was instant really. It was within three days that I started noting a difference. But six months in, I went to my appointment last week and they measure something called calprotectin, um, which is a measure of, of how much inflammation you've got. And my calprotectin has been up in the thousands when I've been really poorly. Last year, it got to about 300. um, And it was, uh, yeah, I was starting to go downhill. Um, And then in October, it was 38, I think I remember, which is within the normal range, which was great news for me. Anything under 60 is good. This time I went and he looked at it and he said, oh, calprotectin's undetectable. So it's so small that they can't detect it and i have never had that that is so, so it is it is brilliant and it's great for your mindset but i know before i had that new med last year i had to put all of these practices in place to just calm myself down loads of meditation loads of breathing um and and just really de-stressing and putting myself first without the guilt um in order to keep myself well enough to get to that new drug because it wasn't just a case of take you off one and put you on another i had to have a whole load of tests to make sure that i was okay to have this drug because it's it's a serious medication and you have to have tests for for things like hepatitis um and they have to screen your blood to make sure that you're not got high cholesterol because it can affect that and all sorts of stuff so it wasn't a quick fix um so i really had to kind of be patient with it so there you go. There's a very long answer to that question, Nick. Oh, I think like 
thanks for sharing all of that. But I think people think it'll never happen to them. So they just go, oh, I'll be all right. I'll just do this. Or I'll just have a monster drink or I'll just have some Pro Plus or I'll just have another coffee. You know, and all of these things that have an effect on your health as well. And I'm not judging anyone or saying, like, didn't mean to say the M word is bad because it's not. But for people who are relying on that to um, to give them energy and to, you know, keep them going instead of listening to their bodies and what their bodies are saying, like, if you are still tired after you're doing all these things, you, your body's giving you signs. And this is the first part of the, the first pillar in my feminine energy guide book is energy and the chakras. And it's all about listening to your body, understanding the signs that your body's giving you to tell you that it's not happy or something's going off. And I think when you don't know, you don't know, do you? But tiredness is normally the first sign of your body getting you to slow down. And there are occasions when you've got to push through, like what you say, you know, you're in work. But when you do get a break or if you can take five minutes, stay off your phone, sit for five minutes with your eyes closed, even set a little alarm or, you know, go for a walk and breathe in the fresh air. And, you know, what is it? What is it that you feel like you need to do? Um, sometimes it's if I get um, I get overwhelmed. So I go into like almost freeze mode if I'm pushing too much and I can't, but I can catch that now because I feel it coming in and it start my non-self theme is frustration as a manifesting generator. So the minute I start getting pissed off with stuff, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to step away. And I, and I do now, but before I didn't, I used to try and push through and push through and like, bump, like bang my head against the wall and then get really pissed off with myself and then get overwhelmed and just be like, I'm going to go and tidy the drawer. Because I couldn't do anything else. So give yourself permission, even if you take five minutes or 10 minutes out of every hour. You know, if you're working, work for 50 minutes, take 10 minutes, go for your wee, have a drink, go and sit down somewhere, change your environment just for five minutes, get up, move your body. You know, if you are a bit stressed, there's an amazing yoga position that you can do anywhere called extended, um, sorry, not extended child's pose wide leg forward fold you just step your feet a little bit wider than your hips you let your body flop forward so you've got your head down towards the ground you could do it in the toilet cubicle or you could do it at the side of your desk or anywhere but what it does when you bent forwards like that your adrenal glands get massaged at the lower at the lower part of your back so while your head's down and you're doing big deep breaths all the blood's going to your head so if you've got a bit of a cold all the white blood cells get to go into your head and then if you stay there for about six or nine breaths and then really slowly roll up. So imagine each vertebrae of your spine coming up really, really slowly and then coming into a big stretch where you reach your arms up above your head. And that is absolutely fucking gorgeous. It takes about two minutes. It resets your adrenal glands. It's like a reset button for your whole body. Um, and it's really, really gorgeous. Brilliant. I love it. I mean, I've I've um, been doing some coaching as well for people that are suffering with chronic illness. And the first pillar of mine is clarity as well. So it's about self-awareness and just really getting clear on how do you actually feel? And um, Nick, you talk a lot about the emotional frequency scale, don't you? And um, how yeah. how you feel can really affect everything. And, and certainly, you know, acceptance is a much nicer feeling than feeling guilt. Oh. And 
either end of the emotional frequency scale. Um, and you talked then as well about human design. That's That's been a huge part of getting to know me and getting clear on um, what I need, actually. It's given me a permission slip. So my non-self theme is bitterness. And actually, <laughs> <laughs> if I think back to those days where I first had Daniel, I was so bitter that I could not do what I wanted to do and my job and be at work and I was just like I was thrown up in the air I was all over the place and I really was not myself at all whereas you know it it, it was just more sleep that I needed that was all I needed you know I remember that like when we very first met and it wasn't that long ago it was like a year ago November and um I'd I was a guest at a retreat. I was doing like some workshops at a retreat and Narissa was like staying at the retreat and we we got introduced to each other. And um, within the first five minutes, I was doing your human design, wasn't I? And you were like, oh my God. And it's just yeah. such an eye opener. It um, was crazy. I was just like, I, literally, well, I mean, I think at that point I was, I was at the start of my journey really. And I think I don't know whether you noticed how much it hit me, but I was doing everything in my power not to just cry on you. Ah, uh, yeah, big time. <laughs> Which I probably would have just cried on you now, and you'd be like, "Yeah, I broke you." <laughs> <laughs> it's your mission, with love, you? with pure love. I know. <laughs> so, um, but but Nikki just like hit hit the nail on the head, really, and I felt seen and understood for like the first time in my life to be honest and I thought well what is this human design I need to look at it and since then I've looked at it an awful lot and it's really helped me because um I've been able to break break it down into all of my strengths and then all of my watch out points and all the things that I need um and one of those things is I can get an awful lot done in a short space of time but then I'm prone to burnout so I need rest and I need to stop and listen um, and it has given me that that permission slip. And I know if I keep pushing, I keep pushing, I keep pushing, then I just feel so hard done by. I feel like, hang on a minute, everyone's having their piece of me here and draining me. And that makes me feel bitter. And that's my non-self yeah. theme. And that's exactly what I was feeling in those early days of, of having a baby. I wasn't accepting the fact I'd got a baby and my life needed to change a little bit and I needed more sleep. I was just bitter that I couldn't just carry on doing what I'd always done um change though isn't it especially with babies like there's no handbook and you've only got and then you go down the rabbit hole of looking at what you should be doing and listening to everybody else and everyone's giving you different opinions but actually you know your baby best nobody knows your baby like you no. so it's just trust in yourself but you don't because you're a new mom and you're absolutely shitting yourself so like Indy never slept at all and I was breastfeeding and that almost gave me bloody what's it called postnatal depression I'm sure I had that like about 18 months later and then I was in a bank raid um in the bank that I worked in and that that was that's what really like finished me off um oh it was awful we yeah they were in and out within a minute and a half minute one minute 24 seconds or something like that and they got 124 grand but they came in with machetes and crowbars wow and just held the bank up and we just let them in and give them what they wanted but oh it was my god that's so traumatic though I mean you're gonna you get like post-traumatic stress out of that you know what was the scariest thing was that um Indy was over the road he was only one 
and he was with his nan in the pram and she was going to bring him in to see me because she used to bring him into the bank but he um he'd fell asleep so she didn't bring him in can you imagine if he'd have been in the bank when all that was going on no he didn't hurt anybody they attacked the security guard because he was dropping the money off for um and then they threatened they had hold of me friends and they threatened him with like the crowbar and that but there was a guy at the door wielding like a machete just like waving it in the air at people who fucking you only think I think I'm gonna wet myself like I actually was so scared I thought I'm just gonna gonna wait and I would have done anything that they'd have told me to do because I was so fucking scared just didn't want to die all I could think of was my baby was one um so no sleep for nearly two years and then that and I was like pop <laughs> yeah but um yeah it is it is really really hard um but when you, I mean, we've got more energy, haven't we, when we're young? So we do try and push through and we don't listen because we're a little, little bit stupid. <laughs> Had we known yeah. now what we know then, you know, we'd have been like, oh, I'm going for a nap. But I can remember my mum saying to me, when the baby sleeps, you sleep. Fuck the dishes. They'll still be there. Yeah. Go to sleep. But Yeah, I didn't it, listen to that. <laughs> That's the problem. I couldn't stay awake. Yeah. No, it was hard, wasn't it? I mean, if I could, if I could kind of rewind the clock, or what I what I advise people now, obviously when I'm when I'm coaching, is obviously you just need to tune into how you're actually feeling and accept that. Yes, exactly. You know, tune into it, and and um, I think we we were going to talk about this anyway. We might as well talk about it now. But obviously, we're going to go off and do a, a bit of a, a meditation. But body scan is brilliant. Body scan is absolutely fantastic, and if you've not done. Uh, a body scan before I was first introduced to this by uh, my holistic doctor who sort of saved me after my first flare and it's just about you know relaxing finding a comfortable position make sure you're nice and warm but just going through different parts of your body usually starting with the top of your head and then just relaxing everything downwards so your brow and your I've eyes I've got on my YouTube channel I've yeah. got a free body scan on my YouTube channel have you? have yeah you go and find me Nikki Kinsella there you go. Me and I'll send it you, but I've got a pre-recorded body scan. Brilliant. Body. And it does and it just let you relax all of your body. And I know during that body scan that I used to do with that doctor, he he this was a gastro doctor, so there was all sorts of gastro patients in there, not just colitis patients. And he'd get you to tune into your pain um, and, and where it was and what you thought was causing it. And then he'd get you to visualise um, what colour that pain might be. And then use your breath to visualise that pain leaving your body and that colour leaving your body, which was so what? powerful. It was it was really beautiful, yeah. So, um, you know, if I was going to go back, I would definitely have a meditation app and I would definitely just be taking that time out and then seeking some help in terms of some guidance from people that I mix with now, such as Nikki, of Yay. course. Um, and just finding that sort of spiritual side and you know we talk about feminine and masculine energy leaning into my feminine energy a little bit more um, rather than just do 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 which is what I was doing so I was trying to be a mom but be a masculine mom and do all the masculine stuff and 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 live in the do so you know you've got to have a balance between the two so I mean that that's probably the biggest piece of advice that I would give to somebody, A, that's just had a baby, or B, that's struggling. 
I guess. The feminine energy thing that you've just touched on there, and I'm going to be talking about that as well in that Woo Accelerator program. But a lot of people think that feminine is like passive and, you know, surrendering, and it is. But the feminine is also very strong and has boundaries because the feminine honors her own energy and knows when what she does and doesn't need. So she won't, you know, it's not about telling everybody to fuck off and just looking out for yourself. It's about knowing your limits and being like, if I give this to you, I'm giving away part of myself that I'm not willing to do. So sometimes, you know, kids are different, aren't they? We've got to sort our kids out, but other people who are just sort of taken from us, especially if, you know, this will resonate if you've got that friend or that family member or whatever that, you know, knows you're a gorgeous person and you'll do anything for them and just takes advantage of that a little bit. Um, And it's hard to say no when you've done something for so many years and for so long. So for you to actually go, do you know what? I can't do that anymore. It probably will rock the boat and it probably will cause a ruckus because they want you to do that thing for them. And by you saying you can't do it anymore, what are they going to do? You know, they'll feel they'll feel fucked. They might feel a bit rejected, but it's not. It needs to be about you. It, you've got to put yourself first. And if that, that person doesn't understand, that shows you their true colours. And that's a whole other thing that you might need to look at as if they are, a, a, you know, a good friend or they actually, you know, what? Why are they in your life? Is it a two-way thing? Do you do you get something back from having that relationship, or is it just you giving all the time? Um, and that's a, that's in my book as well in the mindset mastery pillar. You can read all about that in there. But um, boundaries are fucking really hard, but they will help you to manage your energy better than anything. But it's just looking at where you need them, and every healthy relationship needs boundaries. Yeah. I completely agree and I think it's this is where you can turn from being a people pleaser and just doing everything for everyone else Mm -hmm. into actually thinking no actually I need to put myself first and um, not at all costs obviously I mean we we are selfless people to be fair uh, Nikki and and I um, and we love helping people and that that's not that boundaries is about doing those things that make you uncomfortable or not doing those things and saying no to things that go against your beliefs or your values or that simply would put you in a position where you would be putting your health last and that's where boundaries come in and I think Nikki's book actually explains it really well about the guy with his garden oh yeah and and it's brilliant so if you haven't got a copy of Nikki's book definitely get that because she explains boundaries brilliantly in there and and it's about perception as well because what one person might think is perfectly fine you might not so you might think you're being being helpful to someone when actually you're treading on the boundaries big and time it's communication, isn't it but sometimes we don't communicate because we're scared of upsetting that person because we're such a people pleaser and then we'll be like i can't say that because it'll piss them off and it's like okay well i'll just burn myself out for someone else rather than going Do you know what i'm so sorry i can't yeah. You know, like when people go, oh, can anyone do a lift to Birkenhead? Like we've got this family group and a couple of them don't drive. And it's like, can anyone do a um, a lift to Birkenhead? I'm like, I've got a car I could take you, but actually I will have just finished work at that time. And I'll have worked all day, done the tea, got more work. If I then take you, that's going to me giving you the last little bit of me. So I'm really sorry, but I can't. And it's not because I don't want to. It's because, and they understand. They're like, no, that's fine. You know, because they get it. But some people take the piss don't they yeah yeah 
and, and it is it is about saying no and just explaining that really gently to that person you know at the moment i'm traveling back and forth to a hospital that's uh the other side of birmingham um because my auntie's not very well um i'm helping my cousin out um and taking him but i've figured out that i cannot do that in the week because there's that many outpatients appointments that you can't park the car anywhere near so you know, I started thinking in my head, well, I could put my bike in the back of the car, then park at the Sainsbury's at the top of the road, then cycle down. And I thought, hang on a minute, Narissa, why are you killing yourself for this? Because actually you're not going to be any good by the time you get there if you're all stressed out. Um, so maybe it is just a weekend yeah. that you need to do. <laughs> right. And, you know, having explained it and you, you, sometimes you need to give these things a go to learn that it's not going to work. And then the other person kind of understands a little bit better than when you explain to them well I was out the house for four and a half hours and I only got to spend 20 minutes in the hospital um it's probably not worth doing <laughs> and I think then you get a level of understanding if you can if you can explain well this this is the reasons and you know this is why I can't then yeah. people go okay well thanks for being honest that's great um and and certainly you know boundaries is a a large part of um again what i i look at with uh with people that are suffering with chronic illness because boundaries is huge huge um isn't it boundaries are part of your self-care yes 100 100 percent. so you know the boundaries have got to come in even before you put all your meditation and your mindfulness and grounding or anything like that those are your tools but if you haven't got any boundaries you're not going to have room to do any of that so there we go i think that's a wrap i think that might be a wrap nick yeah but look us up anyway if you do know anybody that is suffering with a chronic illness or is burning themselves out um look me up i'm on facebook narissa healed um and i would absolutely love to talk to you i've also got a group uh, called the carmen shield colitis chick um positivity for chronic illness sufferers which is a group with nearly 200 people on it now um, um just a place to share really and a place to to help each other but that one is all about keeping a positive mindset so um i do quite often do lives on there and i am currently working on a free workshop to put on there as well so yay. look me up yay the free workshops if anyone's free on thursday the 25th of january i've got a free workshop called this is your sign over in my the feminine energy guide group which is a free group um and i'll just be going live and just chatting all about all the things about why woo isn't wanky and um how it helps you and all the things that i'm going to be bringing in the um the woo accelerator program that is going to it sounds like wanky saying change your life, but it is all the things that have changed my life. So it's not wanky. Can't wait for that. I'll be joining you on that next. Definitely. So can't wait. Brilliant. So we will start to be having guests now, I think. Won't we? Very yeah. soon. So watch this space. I will always put in the title who uh, who we've got on. Um, but keep listening. And if you like what you're hearing, then please, please, please get in touch. We'd love some feedback. We would absolutely love some feedback. So on Insta, uh, keep calm, pee glitter, uh, with some underscores between each of the words. Um, my dog is going mad out there, isn't he, today? So I'm so sorry about the dog yelping <laughs> in the background. But um, I have a, a child off sick as well. So um, that's probably why he's barking to go out and no one's letting him out. But um, I will go and sort him out. But yes, we're on Insta. Um, give us a shout. We would love, love, love to hear from you. And any feedback would be appreciated. Thank you.
See you soon. See you soon. Love ya. Bye. Bye.